Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. You know, I want to thank Thomas for the big prayers that he prays. You know, I want to thank him for the boldness to come up here and to follow the Holy Spirit. That's, that's tough. And I appreciate his, his openness to the Spirit of the Lord and letting the Holy Spirit operate through him. Guys, thank you so much. I um, want to encourage you, if you came in the service uh, a little bit later than the very beginning, we still do take the offering, just letting you know that. Um, just to let you know, if you weren't here at the beginning, you can give. We do have some buckets up here at the front. You can give after the service is over. There's also be some at the back. You can also always give online at PushPay, and you can pull up that app on PushPay and give. Were well, you excited to be here this morning? Amen. Well, I want, to, I want to thank Brother Scotty. He's in California. Everybody say, we love your Brother Scotty. And uh, I know he's having a wonderful time with his grandchildren, his family there in California. And I thank him for the opportunity uh, to speak this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. And I pray this morning, Lord, that the words that I share will not be my words, but your words. Lord, you know exactly what people need to hear today. You know exactly what they need. And I just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you speak into their hearts. Lord, that you give them words beyond what I say. That even when I mess up and I don't say the right thing, Lord, that they hear a word from you and get a word from you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, well, I want to start off with Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. I'm going to be in Matthew pretty much the entire time today, and I'm going to, I'm going to read something here. You've got something on, on the screen there, and I'm going to read a little bit different versions here for a second. So the first version is the New King James Version. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So right here on the screen, you have the message version, and I want to focus on that for a minute. It says, Jesus undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today, I'm going to be talking about making sure that we're all doing exactly what God has called us to do, and that is the Great Commission and that is to share the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want to share with something with you. You guys have probably already seen this a million times, but I want to show it to you one more time. I'm going to pull this up a little bit. I saw this when I was young, and it's something that's always, always stuck with me. But we as believers, today during worship, we got filled up by his presence. Now, you can't see, but this is about halfway. Some of you got halfway because you started with an empty cup. All right. Now, some of you this morning started with a half cup full. And you came in here this morning and you got filled up, buddy. You got filled up. And some of you in that last song, it started overflowing. Now, here's what I want to tell all of us today. When we minister for God, this is what I was taught all, a long time ago. You minister the best. You share, you share the gospel of Christ more with your overflow. With the overflow. Because if you're ministering here with the overflow into somebody's life, guess what you still got? You still got a full cup. And then all you need is a little bit, and you are overflowing again. Now, I don't mind making a mess because sometimes sharing the gospel is a little messy, and that's good. But what I'm going to talk about today is how do we stay filled up? I think a lot of us over the last, I don't know how long, when we've got even a half cup, let's say this is a half cup, this is what we've done with our half cup. That's all we've done. When we get a little bit of half cup, we just drink it. I think the ultimate, and I think God has put it in my heart, the ultimate is that we're winning souls for Jesus Christ. I tell you what I like, I saw, I heard of, I saw the revival thing. Uh, on, online. They were doing down at the fairgrounds. You know what I like the most about the revival? Listen, I love when people get filled with the Holy Spirit. I love it when they dance. I love it when they get healed. You know what excited me the most about that? Is that big old baptism tub they had there. That's what excited me the most because those folks were accepting Jesus Christ and getting baptized right there. 
if we have a revival in here, I'd love to in the time we're worshiping, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, people are getting baptized at the same time. Because ultimately, when it comes down to it, my goal, my heart is to get as many people to heaven as I can before I die. And every believer, if you're a Baptist or Methodist or on fire, Holy Ghost charismatic, your ultimate goal is to get as many people to heaven as before you die. Can I get an amen on that? So how do we stay filled up? Now turn to Matthew 5. Turn to Matthew 5. I want to talk about Matthew 5. You guys know this as the Beatitudes, but do you know what the word Beatitudes means? It means blessed. A state of being blessed. A state of blessedness. And I want to talk about what it means to stay in that state of blessedness so that you are always right here, buddy. You are always right here, just ready for the overflow to come. The word means more than happy. Because happiness is an emotion often dependent on outward circumstances. Blessed here refers to the ultimate well-being and distinctive spiritual joy. I'm going to read that. If it's not on the screen, I'm going to read it again. Blessed here refers to the ultimate well-being and distinctive spiritual joy of those who share in the salvation of the kingdom of God. Blessedness should not be seen as a reward for religious accomplishments, but as an act of God's grace in believers' lives. Rather than congratulating them on spiritual or moral achievements, the beatitude underscores the fact that sinners stand within a forgiving relationship made possible by Christ's atonement. Accepting Christ as your Savior and Lord, living your life full of God's Word and filled to overflowing with His presence will cause you to be in a state of blessedness. Happiness and joy will be a byproduct of this blessedness given to us by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Now let me, let me give you the context here before I read some in the Beatitudes here in Matthew chapter 5. Now we, we know this is the first century. Uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of going to Israel five times, and I've been on this, this mount. Can we put that picture up there? I've been on this mount uh, a couple of times, many times. And as you can see, look at this for a minute. This is probably, to me, one of the most beautiful spots in all of Israel. Uh, as you see there to the left, that is the Sea of Galilee. It talks about being a hill. There's a hill, but then there are all these, these flat places. And ultimately, just sitting there, it is peaceful. It is tranquil. And I think ultimately the reason that everything that Jesus did was for a purpose. I think he chose to share the Beatitudes, to share these blessings at this place because this is how he wants our lives to always be, in a place of peace, in a place of blessedness. That if he'll take care of the sparrow, how much will he take care of you? Now during this period of time, just keep the picture up there, guys, if you don't mind. Uh, the Galileans, the people there of that time, they were oppressed. They were poor. They were paying taxes to Herod Antipas. They were paying taxes to Rome. They were paying taxes to the temple. Most of them, they were, they were small farmers, subsistence farmers. Many of them were tenant farmers. If they had one bad debt, they were in, then indebted to the landowners. After paying taxes, there was not much left, and there was basically no middle class. The people with money were the Romans, the tax collectors, Herod Antipas and his family, and of course, the priests and some merchants, they held all the land and the money. So Jesus is sitting on this small mountainside, and this is when he begins to read these blessings. First of all, blessings, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were with him apprenticed to him, the committed climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his Climbing companions, this is what he said. Now, I'm going to give you two different versions. I'm going to show you the, I believe it's the King James or New King James, and then I'm going to show you another version of the message because I want you to get this. Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Now, I like this next one, this next translation. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God. I tell you, Brother Scotty, he, um, he asked me multiple times, he said, Robbie, are you sure you want to preach this Sunday? And he had asked me to preach a few months ago, and then, then we found out, some of you know, some of you don't, um, that my wife was going to have cancer surgery this week. She had it on Monday. 
And he said, are you sure you want to preach? And before I could even say something a few weeks ago, I said, I need to. I need to. Now, look, I've spent the whole week, I've, number one, besides God, is my family. Do you understand that? And that's always going to be there. I've been there for her. I, I prepared this in the times that she was taking a nap and sleeping. But as I was reading over this, I just started to cry with this verse. He said, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God. And, and I just started, and I'm not really a crying type person. And, and I just sat there, and this is what I wrote down. I said, I didn't even understand why I was preparing this sermon until I sat in our home office and began to cry after reading this verse. And on the way home from the mercy room, uh, this is past Wednesday, that day Lindsay said to me, the Lord's going to teach you the hard way to stay calm and depend on him. Less of me and more of him. Less of me and more of him. Lindsay is doing okay, by the way. She's doing well. She's, just keep praying for her. God is good all the time. You know, all of you guys go through things and difficulties and issues, but God is still good. Can I get an amen on that? God is still good, and he's going to see you on the other side. Uh, before all this even started happening, before she knew she even had cancer or not, I, I, I went outside and I, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord gave me a word. It was before we knew anything. And the Lord told me, he said, Robbie, she's going to go through some stuff, but she's going to be okay. She's going to live and not die. Can I get an amen on that? But I feel today that there's many of us, and some of us of the last year, I'm tired of talking about the last year. Can you get an amen on that? Okay. But I think it's time that we start to operate in the overflow, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's time that we start living in this blessedness where we can share the gospel. Because a lot of us, we're not going to share it real well if we're not being able to minister out of the overflow. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And some of you have had to deal with this. Verse 4 in the message. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. You're blessed. There's a state of spiritual joy. There's a contentment that you can't explain. There's a peace you can't explain. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Through these trials, it should be a time that God even draws us closer to him. He fills us up in the ever, uh, just greater places. Well, Robbie, you don't, well, listen, there was a week period of time during all this mess, a week, literally one week, that a friend of mine, I got to call a friend of mine who's younger than me. We've gone skiing together. We hung out when I was younger. He just died. COVID. Long younger than me. Then there was a girl I dated in high school, got a call. Literally the next day, she died. Then there was a gentleman that I grew up with. Next day, he died. Three or four days later, Martha passed away. And I remember telling Susan in the office, I said, I, I, don't, I don't even know from my right, from my left, my up and my down right now. But I tell you, God is still in charge. He can give you a peace. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Somebody here today needs to hear that. Less of you and more of him. Verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Message, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. I love, I love Ecclesiastes. That might make me weird, but that's my favorite book of the Bible. I don't know why, but it is. And Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes, he said, to accept your lot in life, 519. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good help to enjoy it. To enjoy your work, no matter if you're wealthy or not, and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. I believe there's some folks that were listening to Jesus that day on that mountain beside the Galilee who didn't physically have nothing, but guess what they had? They had Jesus. They had a peace, a pastoral understanding. They began to, some of the disciples had money. Some of them didn't have a thing. And God used all of them the same. There's nothing greater than ministering for God. If you're in a down place in your life, you know what you need to do? You need to show some love to somebody. And that love can be anything. It might be taking a $20 bill out of your pocket and giving that one of that, that $20 handshake they don't know about. It might just be a smile. It might just be to come up and pray when God leads you to pray. 
It can be small. I'm not asking you to go preach a sermon out in Walmart parking lot. I'm just asking you to be who God has called you to be. Can I get an amen on that? Whew, didn't mean to say that. All right. I remember there was a man I met. I went to El Salvador when I was young, young and stupid. And, uh, and look, look, you know what? God can use young and stupid. God told me and my friend Scott, he's a minister in, in uh, Tennessee, said, oh, I think I was like 22. He said, go to El Salvador. I said, we're going to El Salvador. We didn't have any connection, nothing. We, it was crazy. But anyway, we went, went to El Salvador, and we lived there for two months ministering. We were stupid and young, but God used us none the same. And I remember there was a man there I met. I can't remember his name, but he was a pastor there. And I tell you what, he had, when it came to material possessions, he had nothing. I went in his house. His house was the size of my closet. Everything was bunk beds. Um, he had us over for a meal, and it looked like he killed one of his chickens. The chicken leg was in there in the suit. I'm telling you, every, every, it was sheets everywhere where they lived. I mean, it was literally the size of many of our garages. Okay, that was his house. But you know what was amazing about that El Salvadorian pastor? He was the happiest and most content man I've ever met in my entire life. Every time I saw him, he had a smile on his face. Every time I saw him, he encouraged me. Every time I saw him, he lifted me up. And I'm thinking, what, what's, this is weird. He don't need me. I need him. He's got something I don't have. He's got a peace that passes all understanding. He doesn't have to worry. I mean, he don't, he's got money problems. He doesn't have anything, but he's got Jesus. And it don't matter where you are in life, if you've got Christ, you've got something special. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In the message, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and, and the best meal you'll ever eat. You need the word. Teddy May, I love Teddy May. I tell you, every time I tell you, he's talking about the word. And I tell you, if you're full of the word, if you're full of the word every day, you're going to walk a little bit different. You're going, your head's going to be higher. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to be encouraged. But how... Listen, let's just be honest. How many of us know that? How many of us live it? I'm just, I'm just being honest, talking to myself. Whenever I preach a sermon, I'm talking to me more than anybody else. Because if we walked in here, all of us full of the Word, and all of us full of the Holy Spirit, and all of us full of prayer, brother, it'd just take a little bit of dip, and we all be like going crazy. It took, us, it took a lot of us almost to the entire worship. We got that last song. It's like we kind of woke up. Oh, I'm in worship. Both folks started worshiping. All of a sudden, we start feeling that anointing. That anointing is that when we all enter in, when we all have a little bit of overflow, and this overflow gets to this person, they finally get themselves an overflow. The response of the people determines the reception of God's already present power. He's already here. He's just waiting on us to all of us to have an overflow. You want revival? Let's just have like, just half, maybe a third of everybody here coming to overflow already, buddy. We're going to be jumping from the, jumping from the, I'll be jumping off the stage. Look, I'm not fussing at you. I'm talking to myself. Let's just be real. Do I come in here with my overflow like I should? No, sometimes I don't. I'm over there speaking in tongues trying to get where I need to be. And I'm one of the pastors. Can we just be real in the house today? We all got issues, we all got problems, but we all need the Word every day so we can deal with those problems and issues. That we can, some of us are so, we're not full enough that all we can deal with is our problems and issues, and other people are the last thing on our list. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I love this message version, verse 7. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, full of care, you find yourselves cared for. There's a principle here of sowing and reaping. Uh, I'll give you an example. I remember Coach Skoda told us many times, and I saw Coach Skoda earlier. Where's Coach Skoda? Coach Skoda, I, I heard this many times, and he talked about how he sowed time in baseball into these young men's lives. He sowed time, he sowed time, and then he reaped time. He reaped time of, of men and, and boys that came and helped build his house. But it was sowing and sowing and sowing. So I give you, and this is a small example, but uh, my wife is always, I don't know how, for how many years, over a decade, uh, she, and there's, there's others who have taken the place of this, but she has prepared meals 
uh, for the homeless shelter. Um, she, I mean, she's done it for years and years and years. And, um, and anyway, the point is, is that there's probably some, no telling how many different meals she's prepared. But over all the stuff that we were dealing with, some people, some great friends of ours put together this meal thing. I think it was a meal train or something. And I took a look at it, and, like, we had enough meals for a month. I felt a little bit bad. I was like, oh, I don't know if we, but here's the thing. What is it? So, time, 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 harvest. When you're careful, full of care, you find yourselves cared for. And, and I, this is the most merciful, caring people congregation I've ever seen. To be able to have that for us, I can't, can't tell you how much of a blessing that has been. But I think there's a spiritual lesson here for all of us. Now listen, did we ever make a meal to get a meal? No. If you knew our heart, that is the last thing on our heart. But there's something about caring. There's something about doing what the Holy Spirit leads on your heart to do. Because he, maybe he's leading your heart to do it because you're going to need to be taken care of with the same thing in the future. We don't know. But God knows the future. And we don't. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see in the outside world. Psalms 86, 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. You know who wrote this psalm? David. Wasn't it David the one that God, they said, that had a heart after God? Give me an undivided heart. So what does that mean? David had a heart toward God. David messed up and sinned a lot, didn't he? But his first love was always God. David always returned to his first love. So I'm going to tell you today, if you've got a messed up heart, return to your first love. Return to your first love today. Choose to get rid of that division that's in your heart. And give your heart back to Christ this morning. There's nothing greater, no greater miracle than that. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Persecution can make you cower or dig in your heels for Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a time, and I never thought we'd be at a time as Christians of persecution. Now, maybe it's subtle, maybe it's not in your face, but, but culturally the tides have turned. Have, have they not? And I believe it's a time for we as believers that we have to stand strong. We got to make sure that we got some overflow because we're going to need it. We're going to need it. And if you're operating with this right here, it's going to be rough and it's going to be tough. Verse 11 and 12, not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. The truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do. All of heaven applauds and know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. We've got to be, even in the midst of this culture, we've got to be willing to speak the truth. And this is the objective truth of God. This truth does not change based on the culture of the time. This was the truth during the crazy time of the Roman Empire in the first century, and this is the truth during the crazy time of 2021. Listen, if you don't like it, don't get mad at me. I didn't write it. I didn't write it, but I believe it, and it is the objective truth that I'm going to live on. I'm not going to change because the culture changes. I'm not going to change because politicians' views change. My truth is right here. And as believers, even a younger generation, this needs to be your foundation of truth. Not what TikTok says, not what Instagram says, not what an influencer says, but what this says. 
If you want to have a good life, this needs to be the basis of truth in your life. Man, you want to get me fired up is when people want to, they want to talk bad about the truth. I'm talking about the objective principles here. And the objective principles that are here, at this point in our culture, if you believe them, they're going to give you a side eye. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. It wasn't like that 20 years ago, but it is today. Listen, I teach in a classroom at Faith Academy. They're a little subdued because they're where? At Faith Academy. But sometimes when I speak the truth, we don't have to get in all the details of the truth. We, we don't know what the truth is. I'll share it, and some of them give me this side eye like, I don't know what, what, where place you came from. People will counter with your, the people will counter when you start sharing the truth. They will counter with, you're supposed to walk in love, brother. You wouldn't say that to me if you truly love me. No. The reason I say that is because I love you. I care about your eternity. I care about, well, Robbie, well, listen, if your heart is in the right place, then you're operating in love. If your heart is in the right place, it's going to come out in a loving way. But we cannot compromise the truth ever. Matthew 24, 9. Again, we're in Matthew. Jesus says, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated. You. It may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, but listen, I think Matthew 24 is, is, being, is occurring right in our faces. I mean, I, growing up, it was all, they will always want to talk about eschatology and, and end time events. But listen, there's some crazy stuff happening. They used to talk about an Antichrist will take over the world and have a one world economy. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Well, now, you ever heard of Bitcoin? You ever heard of a, a, a type of transaction that's not in any way regulated by any type of government entity? Talk about something strange. The person who created it, we don't know who it is. The person who created it, we don't know who it is. No one knows who it is. They're already worth $50 billion. If Bitcoin gets up to a million, they'll be worth a trillion dollars. That's some weird stuff. I never thought, listen, the Bible is the truth, and every day it proves that it's true, every day. Now listen, I'm not walking in fear, I'm not trying to scare you, because as believers, we got a hope that transcends everything, and we're going to be okay no matter what. Can I get an Amen. But we got to be aware of the times and the culture that we're in, and we need to stand up for this no matter what. Okay, okay. Matthew 24, 9. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers, and many will turn away from me. Because some people, they're on Christ's side when it's all good and nice and comfy. But when it gets tough, when it gets tough, when it gets hard, that's when we know those who are grounded and got their heels grounded in the Word of God. Now listen, I'm not fussing at you, but if there's ever a time that you need to be filled up and overflowing, it's right now. Now the Holy Spirit's going to give you the words to say. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the way to say it. The Holy Spirit can teach you how to stand up for this and still show love. Can I get an amen? Sin... Oh, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many. The love of many, and I'm talking about believers, will grow cold. I, I do believe with all of my heart that COVID was an attack on the church. And on the body of Christ. But in this house, we're not going to let it stand. We're not going to let it set the norm in this house. We're not going to let it set the norm in my life and in my spiritual life or in my family's life. My heart is fixed on God and I'm going to move forward in what he's called me to do no matter the circumstances. But the one who endears to the end will be saved. There's a connection with you being full endearing to the end and being a part of verse 14 and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Some of us Christians don't speak up for the truth because we don't want to rock the boat. We are peacemakers. 
We don't want conflict. Let it. Listen, I get it. I get it. In my family, guess who's the peacemaker? If you know my wife, you understand. I am the peacemaker, okay? Uh, she, her whole job is about dealing with conflict, and she's one of the best I've ever seen in my life with it. She can deal with When DHR doesn't know what to do with the situation, guess who they call? They call her. They call Lindsay. But for me, as a peacemaker, I'm like, I, I don't know if I want to say that. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I get it. I'm that way. But in that moment, are we caring more about our loved one's feelings or their eternity? If your heart is full of love for their eternity, speaking the truth will be love. Listen, if your heart is right, you are speaking the truth in love. I wrote this down and I didn't say it. Biblical truth is the truth if it's 8021 or 1921 or 2021. The truth is always the truth. Charismatic Christians, what are you going to do with revival? If revival came in this house and we got filled up and we got fired up, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? If you get filled up and fired up, you going to drink it? Or are you going to share it? How many revivals have come and go in our generation? And I believe the key, the key is this overflow and in winning souls to Jesus Christ. We can't ever allow anything else to become more important than winning souls to Jesus Christ. Now don't shoot me, don't throw me under the bus, I just feel like I'm the messenger. We gotta make sure winning souls is number one. That as charismatic Christians so full of the Holy Spirit, we should be the ones bringing more people into the church than anybody else. We should be the people talking to people more about Jesus than anybody else. Listen, I'm talking to myself because I've gotten complacent. I've gotten complacent. I come here on Sundays and I feel his presence and I'm encouraged and I'm fired up. Oh, that's good. I got it. Mm, mm, yum, yum, mm, mm. I'm good for the week. I'm good for the week. I'm good for the week. But if he gives us all this stuff here, is it just for us, ladies and gentlemen? Is it just for us? Or is it for others? Matthew 5, 13, back to Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this, of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Christians lose their way at times. The whole book of Corinthians. How many of you guys have read Corinthians? I love Corinthians. But Paul is talking to the church at Corinth because they lost their way. Why had they lost their way? Because they were surrounded by one of the most horrible cultures in the last 2,000 years. I can't even tell you what went on at Corinth. Temple of Aphrodite had 1,000 prostitutes in it. We can stop right there. There's two other temples just like it. They said that sailors would spend their entire fortune in Corinth. And that's where a church was. Talking about everywhere you turn, there was sin. I'm talking about everywhere you turn, there was sin right in your face. In 1 Corinthians, we as spirit-filled, charismatic Christians love to hear about the love chapter, chapter 13. Or the spiritual gifts chapter, chapter 12. Now listen, I love all this stuff. Don't get me wrong. Y'all hear me, right? Or the tongues and prophecy chapter, chapter 14. I love them. I preach on them. But before we got to the spiritual gifts in chapter 12, most of chapter 1 through 11 was dealing with sin in the body of Christ. So what am I trying to say? Am I going to sit here trying like put you down or anything? No. But if you got sin, get rid of it. What did Jesus tell the lady at the well? He said, listen, I don't condemn you. I love you. You got multiple men and the one you're with isn't, you know, all kinds of stuff. He said, but listen, I love what Jesus said. He said, go and sin no more. That's all he said. If you're dealing with something right now, if you've, got a, if you've got a divided heart, go and sin no more. Just stop. Has he given you the power and the ability to just stop? If you want to operate in the overflow, you got to stop. You got to stop. 
None of us like talking about that, but the truth is what? The truth. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Remember I talked about what the truth is. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy and you were made right with God by calling on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Paul saying, you've been changed, so stop. If we truly want revival in our lives, and to live in a state of blessedness, in a state of overflow, ultimate peace, and a joyful well-being, we must allow the Holy Spirit power to extend to every layer of our lives. Where we hate what is evil, and we love what is good. We hate what is evil, and we love what is good. That we share the good news of the gospel in love, even if it is uncomfortable. And we make a stand for Christ, even if we are the lone voice crying in the wilderness that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Will you stand with me? Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Lord, we love you today and we thank you for this word. Come on, you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Lord, we're not ashamed of you. We're not ashamed of your word. We're not ashamed of your truth. As a worship team, they're going to come up here. I'm going to have them worship here at the end. I didn't finish, but I just felt like right there, that's when I need to stop. When it's time to stop, it's time to stop. Now, I said a lot of different things, but I feel that you will receive what you need to receive. Would they say, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. Any bones you don't like, you know, spit them out. If there's meat that you've got that you need, I, I pray today that you receive it and that you respond to it. Um, again, I'm humbly, if I offended you, it was not my intention, but I felt like I needed to share what God has called me to share. For us to walk in love and to stand strong, that to never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, to live our lives in an overflow, and again, I'm talking to myself, so that we can be all that God has called us to be. Let me pray over you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray over everyone in the house, and I just pray your blessings over them, Lord. Lord, being a Christian is difficult and it's tough. But Lord, I thank you that you've given them the Holy Spirit. You've given them power. You've given them strength to stand up for Christ, even in the darkness. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit that we're able to walk in every day is going to empower them to do things that other people can't do. Lord, I thank you that miracles will be commonplace. That miracles will be something that just happens all the time. And I pray, Lord, that out of the miracles, there will come souls to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. I want to ask this question. Everybody, if you bow your heads, please. I, just want, to, I want to do this every, every Sunday if we can at times. Does anybody would say, Robbie, I, I don't know if my heart is where it needs to be. Robbie, I feel like maybe my, my heart is divided. And, and maybe I'm dealing with some sin right now. Robbie, I'm dealing with sin. I, I just don't know where my heart is. But I want to know today, I want to know that I know today that my heart is where it needs to be. If that's you, do you mind just raising your hand? Say, Robbie, I want, I want to know where my heart is. I want to know exactly. I see that hand there. I want to I see hand here. I want to know that I know that I know that my heart is where it's supposed to be. Any more hands? Any more hands? Everybody bow your head still. If, guys, those who have your hands, will you be bold and come up here with me real quick? I just want to pray for you. Just be bold. Come right up here. Come right up here. If you raise your hand, just come up here. There's a few more coming. Prayer team, y'all come on up, elders. We're going to say a prayer together, guys. Just make sure our heart is where it needs to be, okay? Everybody will join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you're, that you are Lord and I accept you into my heart. Cleanse me of my sin. Come into my life. Save me. And I thank you, Jesus, 
that I will live all the days of my life for you with an undivided heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Listen, right now, yeah, put your hands together. Listen. If you had any doubt at all, the doubt needs to stop right now. The past is the past. Today's a new day. You've got Christ in your life, and these guys are going to pray for you that are right behind you, okay? All right. Yeah, be fine. If y'all go with these guys right here, they're going to talk to you right this way. Go right this way. There's nothing more wonderful on the planet, is there? When people come to know Jesus Christ. Well, I want us to end the service today with some worship. Can we worship for a moment? Let's worship for a moment. Amen. Lord, you have my heart And I will search for yours Jesus, take my life And lead me on Lord, you have my heart And I will search for yours Let me be to you the sacrifice and I will praise you Lord and I will sing love come down and as you show
sing out, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. The voices sing. It's your breath. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. Let's thank him for what he's done today. Come on, let's thank him for the souls that have been saved, for the hearts that have been touched, for our minds that have been challenged, for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we'll pour out our praise to you, Jesus. We're getting ready to go, and we want to thank the Lord for pouring into us again, filling us up with his, his love, the demonstration through these words that Robbie has shared with us, 
and the challenge that we have been issued to continue doing what we do. That's share the love of Jesus Christ in word and in deed. And as we depart from this place, let's just go in the love of Christ. Let's go with the song in our heart. And yes, you'll have ups and you may have downs this week, but know just like Robbie said to us, my cup is full and running over. Look at somebody down your row and just tell them, my cup is full and running over. Turn to somebody behind you and tell them, my cup is full and running over. I need you to look them in the eye and tell them, my cup is full and running over. Let's pray as we depart this place. Father, we thank you once again for the honor and the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you for your presence, your spirit. And Lord, now we set our sail this week. We ask Holy Spirit that you will blow into the wind of our sails. Carry us to the place and the destination we need to go. We apply now the blood of Jesus over our lives, going and coming. That no evil befalls us, no plagues, no calamity comes near our dwelling. In you, Heavenly Father, do we put our confident trust. You will take us through this week to our destinations. and You will bring us higher and higher by the wind of the Holy Spirit. As we leave this place, we leave in your grace, and we thank you for doing it now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Please remember that we have the offering buckets here. If you did not get a chance to sow your offerings, you can do that. Sow it. Also, our pastor Robbie is there. Don't let him leave without you letting him know how much you love him. God bless you, Live Church. We love you and we'll see you soon. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org.